Welcome to The Future is Female Powerlifting, a show where women of all strengths can explore the world of female powerlifting. I am your host, Heidi Donnell, a 60-kilo powerlifting gym owner, and each episode we bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you unlock your true inner strength potential. Thanks for tuning in. Aloha, my beautiful friends, and welcome back. We are on episode 58, and today is a very special episode, and I feel like I say this often, but it really is, because today, ladies, I have Miss Jessica Fithin of the Instagram page, You Look Like a Man, and if you've never heard of Jessica before, strongman competitor, all-around badass, she is the creator of the page, You Look Like a Man. And it's just funny to even say this out loud, but the the Instagram page is called You Look Like a Man. Okay, so there's a reason why I'm saying it the way I am. Um, But Jessica recently has been getting a huge backlash uh, for carrying on, you know, the work that she's been doing for a year now. And that's pretty much calling out people on their bullshit and supporting other women who are also uh, going through the same sort of discrimination and stereotypes and um, just pretty much cyberbullying. Um, so today I am so excited to have her on uh, because I feel like this last month she has been in um, quote unquote Facebook jail, Instagram jail, who knows what it's called, who knows, you know, we kind of get into like, oh, they said you couldn't do it, but here it is. She had her accounts deactivated. Um, but Besides having Jessica be on this episode, um, which I'm so happy that she was on this one in particular, it is our two-year anniversary. Yes, two years, friends. Can you believe this? Like, I almost glazed past it. It was actually two years a week ago, and I just realized it. You know, and I, I'm definitely bad at the whole anniversary thing. Even our gym, I knew it was coming, but, um, you know, we created gifts. I made it very small. Uh, but you know, two years having this podcast and it's gone up and down, you know, I started with just one and then I added two and then it was one a week and then COVID happened and all these things. And so life, uh, takes some turns and I'm sure they have been taking some turns for all of you. But one thing that has remained for me is that I love this podcast. I love you all who stay tuned and listen. I love the people that are on the show and sharing their stories and their knowledge to help us be better powerlifters, better human beings. And I want to thank all of you who are on here. If you're new, if you're old, um, if you're a veteran lifter, thank you for sticking by and listening to me blab over the two years. With that, if you have not left a review, please go over to Apple iPod, uh, Apple iPod, uh, Apple Podcasts, and leave a review for us. You can leave a five-star review. You can write a little something. I love reading when people leave um, a written review. So if you have a few minutes, you know, tell me how you feel about the podcast, what you like to hear, what you like about it. It really um, gives me a boost knowing that you all are getting something out of these um, out of these interviews and the subjects that we are talking about. And if you don't know a lot about Jessica, be ready for it. Jessica is an intelligent, witty, wisecracking woman that I just, it was such a pleasure to interview her. Um, she just went down all the different roads when it came to our topics. Um, and we talk about how to handle 
If somebody gives you negative comments about your lifting or your training or your body, what does she suggest? Um, we also answered some questions that people posed on Instagram. So if you asked a question um, on our Instagram story on the Futures Female Powerlifting Podcast, Instagram, uh, then we answered that today. So please stick around. It was a really, really great episode. And we dive deep really into her training uh, in Strongman as well. Hey, and if you don't know, this podcast is brought to you by my gym, Core Strength and Performance, where we live through strength and we offer online training. So if you are looking for a coach who is going to uh, give you some feedback on your videos, on your training, on your positioning, and really be by your side through maybe the beginning parts of your training, um, then come check us out. Go to core256.com or you can send me a direct message in Instagram, Facebook. We work a lot with uh, female powerlifters. So right now I have a mix of both, but if you are starting off, maybe you're an intermediate, maybe you've been doing it on your own for a little while and you're like, you know what? I need somebody to kind of take a look at what I'm doing and call me out on my bullshit. Hey, that'll be me. (laughs) In the most loving way possible, I am looking to make you a better athlete. So if that's what you're looking for, come and check us out. And if you want to see this on video, go check out Core Strength and Performance on YouTube where we have this interview on video. So let's get into it with Ms. Jessica. So I found it interesting when I was looking up at, at how you got started. Yeah. I, I had read an article yeah. that said that you got tired of Zumba and step aerobics <laughs> in, in like I, 2015 or something. And I just thought to myself, I would have fucking died. Thing ever. <laughs> yeah. So I honestly, um, I have sort of a long, super long battle with um, body acceptance and that type of stuff. And that means 40 years worth of the stuff, you know? Yeah. So your entire life, if you go your whole life being told that your goal is really to be small and your goal literally in everything you do is always to be small. Um, at that point in my life, I was searching for different ways to kind of stay active and stay kind of just do something. I was kind of bored. Um but I was at LA fitness and I was doing step aerobics and I was doing Zumba and Latin dance and the whole thing, you know, um, hip hop class, I yeah. did, which is hilarious, you know, um, spinning, I actually kind of like spinning, but I did all of that. And then at one point, a couple other things happened, but I found on like Google, I found, um, a barbell gym that was kind of close to me and they had Olympic weightlifting and I had a, general sense of what Olympic weightlifting was not super, you know, whatever. Um, but I know I saw the pictures of it and I was like, well, I've never done that before. I did maybe a couple things with a barbell back in the army, like 20 years ago, you know, in some gym somewhere, nothing even remotely. But, um, I went to this Olympic, this, um, barbell gym that was doing Olympic weightlifting and I lasted, like, I liked it. I liked the barbell. I liked the noise. I liked the sound. I liked, you know, the chalk and the whole thing. It was a barbell gym. Um, and they were going to teach me how to Olympic weightlift. And we discovered very early on that like, (laughs) (laughs) but the gym owner was like, I mean, I'll teach you how to do this for the rest of your life if that's what you want to do. But let me tell you what, there's this other thing that we do. You know, they also did um, powerlifting and um, strongman. We had a strongman competition. I had been doing Olympic weightlifting for like two months or something. Um, And I did like a a powerlifting meet that was an unsanctioned thing, like just for fun. And that didn't really strike my fancy either. I liked it, but um, it wasn't really as, as 
as geared up about that as everybody else was. But the gym owner was like, we're doing a strongman competition in like six weeks. He was like, you should just do it. I was like, I don't know what that is. You know, the typical, I don't know what that is. I've never heard of this before. Yeah. But you know, what do you do? You get on there and you start to Google it and you're like, what are all these things? And so I went on there and I, um, about six weeks of notice to kind of figure out what the sport of strongman was. And I did like a novice competition there. And that was my kind of like light bulb moment where it was almost like, um, I love this and I want to do this and I can't think about doing anything else. And this is kind of like, how do I get involved, you know, with this community right from there? So it went very quickly from like Zumba and spinning to like (laughs) Olympic lifting and like, uh, strong man all within this like six month time period. Was yeah. like, how does that happen? Exactly? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, strong man was the first time. And honestly, the, the gym that I was working with at, um, was the first time anyone told me that I was kind of enough the way I was right now. Mm-hmm. I had these talks with, you know, this gym owner, um, about, you know, strongman and all those things have weight classes, obviously. And so I was at the top end of the weight class and I always have been for strongman. And we started talking about if I needed to cut weight to try to be a middleweight. And he looked at me and he's like, no, (laughs) he's like, you're no, you just need to get stronger from where you are. And it was literally the first time I think ever anyone in any sort of fitness arena had ever told me that I was enough the way I was. And that really resonated with me, you know, at the age of like 34 or whatever was literally the first time that anyone told me that I didn't need to to change anything that you certainly can, if you want to cut weight and be in a different weight class, but that is not necessary in order to be good at this. So that was kind of my, my lead into um, this whole different world of strength sports that I didn't really know existed that I wish I would have known, you know, in high school, I wish someone would have introduced me to strength, like track sports and those types of things that, you know, I didn't know existed. No one told me there was a sport called shot or all of these other ones where you could actually use the body that you have rather than being told, you know, that you need to get smaller in order to do, you know, cheerlead or whatever it is they wanted me to do, which is fine if people want to cheerlead, but (laughs) not for everyone. (laughs) That's amazing. So, So from that point, you were just hooked. Yeah. And you're probably pretty good right away. I was, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't want to. Yeah, but I'm I'm being real. Like, I mean, you were the strongest woman at one point. So, I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah, it it was kind of one of those things where I knew I was kind of strong, um, but I was like, I think it has taken actually a couple of years to kind of gain perspective of like how strong you were to even start out with. You just don't have any, you know, that you're like winning kind of amateur shows and that sort of thing. So, I won um, the first show I did, which was an amateur show show. Um, I would do the novice class, which is why I tell women right now that are like, I'm never going to be as strong as this person. And I'm like, I was lifting the bar. I mean, I, it's not joking. I was squatting 40 pounds with a barbell. That's literally how you begin. That's how I began. So I did this novice show um, and I won the novice show. And I think it was the first time I've ever won anything in my entire life. You know, I was not involved in sports. Um, I had never done like um, competing like that. That's my husband who's trying to stay out of the picture. (laughs) Teleworking is not always working for everyone. Anyways, um, (laughs) if not him, it'll be my son here in a minute. It's okay. It used to be my husband and coming home from the background and then he would go like this. Right. And then he'd be like, hi. Like, man, like walk away. Yes. Yeah. And then then, then he'd be like, hey, I like you, whoever it was. I did, um, I did this novice show and it was kind of being hooked right from then. And then I think I did like 
five shows in like eight months. I was so into it. It was like, where's the next one that we're going to do and where, you know, so yeah. we kind of went all over the place doing every kind of strongman show. Five I shows could, in I could eight kind of, months. Yeah. And right now that seems ridiculous to me right now. I'm at like two a year, you know, yeah. I'm like, that's good. Yes. I'm good. But you know, when you're, when you're novice and you're competing, you're allowed to kind of do all the shows. And honestly, the only hard part about being in the women's pro class for um, strongman is that you can't, you can't do the shows any longer. I can't just pick out a show and be like, I want to do that one. You're, you're literally not allowed to. Mm. Um, the promoters can create like either an exhibition class or they could, they could technically create a women's pro class. Um, it's kind of a long story, but you, <laughs> at this point I can't just sign up for shows. Um, I have to do either invite only shows or I have to do the ones that are on um, the schedule for the, for the pros. But when you're an amateur, you can just sign up for anything that sounds like fun. Yeah. So that's kind of what I did um, for the first year of competing. Um, and I had a great time doing it. So that's amazing. And so yeah. is your, is your peaking and everything like, like for me, I, you know, I tell people when they start off, you want to do a couple, go ahead, but don't expect to sure. have like, you know, ginormous, sure. you know, changes. Would you say that, that maybe you could do more shows as somebody as an amateur in strongman, like physically? Yes. I think when you're still kind of developing your kind of base strength or you're new to it in strongman, it's a little bit different than, than say powerlifting or Olympic lifting because strongman is so diverse. You can, I mean, a promoter can literally make up an event he can make and he can make it up on that spot, you know? So you'll have wow. you know, a, a lift, like a log um, clean and press, but a promoter might make that a log clean and press followed by a medley of something else, or he might make it a press away. So strongman has literally an unlimited amount of things that you can learn how to do, yeah. which is why it appealed to me. It is not just three lifts or two lifts. It's, you know, some things you'll see repeated, but a, literally they can take an event that you and, and make it up on the spot. And kind of when you get there, you kind of have to adjust. So I think that appealed to me, um, especially as an amateur, people should do a lot of shows and you can do a lot of shows mostly because you need experience, not only competing, but you need experience actually um, with these implements and learning how to adjust on the spot and all that stuff. You have to, if you're not an athlete too, if you, if you've never actively competed, like I did, you have to learn that stuff. You have to learn how to manage your adrenaline. You have to learn how to manage being in front of people. And you need to learn how to manage having a judge actually telling you that you can't put that down until I tell you, to, you know, same with powerlifting. But I mean, experience competing, especially in strongman is something you just have to get. Um, yeah. And so I think as an amateur, you can definitely do a ton more shows. I was just telling my husband the other day, I was like, you know, I really do. We've, I've talked about it probably for the last five years. Like I want to do a strongman. I would love to just train yeah. a little bit more strongman. When I was in Texas, I did a little bit of that. Cause they had a, uh, in El Paso, there was a bunch of guys who had their own thing. And I was, yeah. it was so just exciting for me, like having a yoke and walking and, you know, like trying to lift this stone yeah. that I thought I could lift. I'm like, why can't I lift a hundred pound? And they're like, you can't, it's technique. You right. just got to be better. I'm like, just, it was so exciting to me. So right. I definitely, in the future, like just listening to you talk about, you know, just watching strongman, it's like the CrossFit for me. Like when I first started off, I thought CrossFit was so amazing. I still do. Like, I love watching the feats of strength sure. like that, but now it's like, Strongman is my thing. Right. I like to watch right. that. It's so much fun. Right. They've all got their things to it. So I've got friends that love that powerlift, that powerlifting is definitely their calling. I've got friends that actively compete in CrossFit competitions around here. I'm a big fan of finding that thing that motivates you. And none of it is right or wrong or, right. you know, it's just what, what motivates you. Totally. If you're a long distance runner, I mean, God bless you, but yeah. you know, it's just like, <laughs> Good for you. Yes. If that is what, what motivates you, then that's what you're going to do. So I think earlier on, especially for me, 
finding something that I could do that was physically active that I like to do. A lot of people exercise and they quit exercising because why they actually fucking hate it. And they yeah. don't want to admit that they don't want to admit the fact that they fucking hate this yep. and they think that they need to do it. So, you know, if you like to hike, if you like to do yoga, just do something, yeah. but do it all, which I've done it all at this point. I feel like, yeah, well, I feel um, you. I did. I started off with Zumba. I always joke about yeah, that. And people sure. coming to my gym always say like, sure. oh, well, you're like almost ashamed to tell me like, well, I did Zumba. I was like, listen, girl, <laughs> I did great. Zumba and yeah. I was broken off for months. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you I loved it. Fabulous. Does it get you moving? Do you yes. like doing it? Then it's fabulous. And it's fabulous for you. There's no right or wrong with any of this stuff. And of course, you know, culture likes to make fun of anything anyone else likes. Yeah. So culture, just in general, if you like it, there's someone that's going to make fun of you for it. So, yeah. you know, and that that's just kind of how it is basically for everything. It's more or less how the page started. Yeah. <laughs> so love so, to talk yeah. about that. So how go. did, how there did you even, that's it. Dad, look at that segue. Um, how did you start off with the page? Like what made you, what made like, you go there? Um, um, we, the page started about August of last year. So it's a little over a year old, um, over the course of me, um, being involved in strength sports, I would receive occasional, um, comments, the better I got and the more, um, the more visible my social media became, the more comments I was starting to get. I posted a video of myself doing, um, stones on, um, doing just Atlas stones at the first gym I was at. So this is basically very earlier on. And this is, this is content warning, terrible language for people to be used this way. Um, one of the first comments that I got was, um, you look like a transgendered creature was what someone actually wrote on my page. First of all, all of that aside, the idea that right now people are using words like transgendered and trans as insults and as slurs is a whole different level of disgusting to me. Yeah. Um, that we're actually um, not only trying to shame my body, but then using the words trans as an insult to me is just the highest level of just dumb fuckery. I can't even. Yeah. So the idea that we're going to go on, um, um, that stuck out to me that it was not only trying to insult me, but trying to insult this entire class of people. Um, so <laughs> The more that I kind of got into the sport, the more I started to realize that this wasn't just me that people would do this to. People tell me, um, I mean, I was like a year into the sport before um, someone accused me of using drugs. And I'm like, you know, my tub of like protein powder and my creatine. And I'm like, what are they talking about? You know, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my God. So, and then it, then it becomes clear that the average person thinks everyone is on drugs. Like, I don't care if you've only been lifting for like eight minutes and you have a 45 pound bench, they think you're on drugs because yeah. they've never applied themselves and they have no idea what they're doing. And any amount of strength is apparently uh, a result of, you know, blatant drug use, apparently. But um, the more that we kind of went on and um, the more it became kind of apparent that more and more people like my friends would come to me and say, you know, this person said this and that person said that. And so as a joke, um, about a year ago ish or a little bit more, I took the phrase, you look like a man. And I put it on this like fitspo, beautiful, like scenery background, um, of like mountains or whatever. And I actually put it on Facebook. And I said, I was going to start cataloging all the dumb shit that people say to me. Um, but I was going to do it as like, you know, something like, um, demotivational posters kind of, which I think is a super funny website. Um, but that's kind of my humor at, at the same time. So I yeah, put it on Facebook. Too. Yeah. And it was just because it's like the absurdity of you saying these things to a stranger, usually, um, and then, you know, highlighting it on these beautiful backgrounds, just to just, you know, read that and see how stupid that looks. Yeah. When I took your words that you commented on someone's picture and I put it on a background of a fuzzy, you know, animal or something like, let's just really look at that and really see how fucking idiotic that looks. So 
um, I put it on Facebook and it just, I mean, it was like an immediate hit because I think um, a lot of people really didn't have a space to talk about this. Like you can talk about trolling and you can talk about people being unkind to you, but by and far out in our normal world, people don't want to kind of hear about it. They don't, they want to say that they support um, anti-bullying, but they don't actually want to see it. They don't actually want to be exposed to it. They don't want to read it. So I think for me, in my opinion, that the reason that it was really successful kind of from the beginning, this idea of actually not only calling it out, but making fun of it was that people actually had somewhere to go to actually talk about what was happening to them. Um, if you see some of these comments on um, um, people's pages, a common response will be, well, just ignore it and don't give the haters what they want. And the haters just want attention. It And it's just going to make it worse. It doesn't make it better. I mean, to ignore it, it absolutely doesn't. And I've proven that, that actually ignoring it, what ignoring it does is punish the victim from saying, you can't talk about this now. You yeah. need to internalize and absorb all of the hate that's being placed on your page. And if you talk about it, you're seen as weak, you know, that you're yeah. letting someone affect you, that we act like these words don't matter and that these things don't aren't happening to you. So I think the page for the people that want to be involved in it really gave someone and has given people when something happens, you know, they can send this, they have me that they can send this to and be like, look what this fucking jerk put on my page. And I can say, yeah, he's a fucking jerk. And there's someone, a page and a group of people that understand, you know, this commonality of how awful people can be on the internet and actually give you a place um, for you to be able to talk about it without someone shutting you down and saying, you know, just ignore them and just, just pretend like that isn't happening. I can't pretend it's not happening. It happens to people every day and it sucks. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There was just so much to listen to right there. I I love it. No, I love it. And you know, uh, that is the thing that everybody hears, right? You know, just, just ignore them. And that's, I mean, even to our children, you know, just ignore them, those kind of things. Right. Um, but I feel like, especially over the last month that you've proven that speaking and, and gathering women who are, uh, you know, the same mindset, um, has really helped. I mean, that one, personal trainer specifically there was one and yeah, yeah oh, that, so, many. <laughs> so that was the one that I like really saw I guess but I'm the, sure the I, guy in yes. um yeah he the guy over in Ohio that was yes. using yes yeah yeah well okay. so to, for everybody listening just in case you haven't heard this um he had posted um just a vulgar comment about three girls um saying that she was fat or something something to that nature yuck actually on her yes. picture yuck and that motherfucker doubled down and right. continued to double down when he was called out right. and such a freaking idiot keeps going, right. but he's a personal trainer and then yeah, owns, be- a owns a gym. Yeah. And because of yeah. his own idiotic comments and his hard head and not wanting to even just see the other way, he right. got a flood of like bad reviews. Google reviews. Are my Google favorite. reviews were awesome. Facebook reviews, but then said, I don't care about what you think. I don't, like, care. I don't care. And then continues to delete them. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. What, what they do is that they talk a really great game for the first like one or two days. And then when you go back like a week later, all of it's gone. Yeah. So yeah, he had posted a, a picture of these three women um, that were in bathing suits. Um, and some of them were not happened to not look like, you know, supermodels. How dare they? How dare they show um, 
just bodies. I don't want to say normal bodies because all bodies are normal, but you know, it was uh, pictures that he decided that their bodies were yuck to them is what he put. So his first comment just said yuck. And then kind of when you started talking to him, you realize that this guy is not only a trainer, he's a personal trainer. He owns a gym and he works with women. Um, it got, um, I found that, you know, these guys that, um, kind of dip their toes into extreme misogyny are also into, um, they have lots of homophobic language. They use lots of transphobic language. Yep. Um, they all kind of go together after a while, which is kind of an interesting thing that I just, I don't know that I ever understood that. Um, but this guy started saying, started calling me a tranny. He used these kinds of words and started all of these. I mean, this is a business owner that is saying this type of stuff. And you're sitting there thinking, you know, if you're going to troll and be disgusting on the internet, wouldn't you have two fucking, you know, common sense here to put together to say, you know, <laughs> at least use a troll profile if yeah. you're going to do this. He didn't care. So no. he's got so arrogant. the most vile, like disgusting language. And there's a whole highlight folder if people want to hear this, um, if want to see it on the um, You Look Like a Man page. It's, it's literally called Yuck, and all of his stuff is saved on there. But people started leaving reviews and saying, you know, the idea is not to destroy people's lives or people's businesses. I get right. that. Um, not a lot. Occasionally, I get some feedback that um, words on the internet shouldn't matter. And it's the dumbest I'm sorry. It's the dumbest thing that I've ever heard. Words on the internet are actually, in my opinion, more of actually who you are as a real person. So I actually think it's backwards. People are like, if you don't say that to my face, you didn't say it. People's actual true actions and their true feelings and how they really feel about stuff is actually more likely to see online than in front of you. Because what do you do when you're in front of someone? You actually temper what you're saying. You actually keep things in whatever's happening in your brain. You probably actually are not speaking out to a person in front of you. He wouldn't go up to that woman walking down the street or on the beach and go up to her and do what? Yuck. Do you think he'd do that? Nah. No. But on online, he felt really comfortable doing that because people tell him that online words don't have consequences. Yeah. And that's been kind of one of the stranger things that there are people out there that believe that online words don't matter. And I, they get to have it every single way. You know, people that these same people that would, you know, a politician, when somebody runs for office, what's the first thing they do? They comb through 20,000 tweets, you know, to see if yeah. this guy ever or woman ever said anything, you know, that that had, that we can use against this person because we don't want them running for office. That's literally the first thing they do because online words matter and things that you tweet out into the universe are things that you're actually saying. So somehow that that makes sense to people. But then when I say this guy is going and voluntarily harassing a woman on her page. This wasn't a gym page. This was literally her personal page of her in a bathing suit and body shaming her. And then people tell me that that doesn't matter and that shouldn't have any impact on his career as a personal trainer for women. I mean, the disconnect for that is something I, I still can't explain it. So yeah. watching him double down with something else, like it's just, why don't you just say it's a joke and kind of, you know, if you had any sense at all or whatever, just delete it and be done. If he had just yes. deleted it and gone on, it would have lasted in my stories for like an hour and, you know, been on to the next, but no, he went on and on and on and on. And that's the arrogance. That, yeah. The arrogance, um, kind of entitlement, but yep. that's the kind of thing where someone is telling you that this behavior is unacceptable and you literally just don't care. So it's yeah. like at that point, I mean, at least the world can know if they're going to go into your gym, that this is the kind of gym owner that you're supporting. Yeah. And if that's who you're going to support, that's cool too. But at least now you have all the information. Yeah. I think one of the, the, biggest takeaways I get um, from reading all your stories and everything is who you are online is who, you, who are. you are. Yeah, Like that is the biggest, yeah. I mean, if that could not be more clear with everything that you've seen and you know, all these stories you get, 
I mean, to me, that's just, it's so clear. Right. Right. Yeah. And so that's one of the weirder things that for me, that people want to say that like the online stuff is not, um, I've had somebody say, well, I don't think somebody's business should be ruined for system care comments online. That is the, what is the difference? Like, I just don't understand it. What is the difference? We recently, and this is not, you know, occasionally somebody will tell me this is a man hater page and this is a feminism page and blah, blah, blah. Directly after that business owner, a couple of days later, I had a woman who was a Miami pizza shop owner on another woman's page basically doing the same thing and trashing her and saying that her body was disgusting and she looked like uh, a woman's head on a man's body and just going on and on. And this is a, a woman who owns a pizza store in Florida. And, you know, we did the same thing where it was kind of like, if you're going to do that, you should at least, you know, have the decency to hide your business on here. If I'm a fit woman or any woman, actually, for that matter, in Miami, I would like to know that I don't want to go and support this pizza shop from someone who will go on a random picture of a woman online who may or may not look like me and start calling her names and saying that she's disgusting and ugly and gross and all these things. I want to know who I'm supporting. So if these things are not going to be illegal or whatever, I mean that I'm not advocating saying it should be illegal, but it's kind of like, this is kind of fair play. Then if I, the social consequence of going onto someone's photo and trashing them literally out of the blue for absolutely no reason, because you don't like anything about my personal being, I mean, the social consequence for that may be that I tell people that you're doing this and then they don't support your store where someone like me may walk into it and want to buy pizza from you. I don't want to buy pizza from someone that acts like that, just literally for fucking no reason at all. So the social consequence of this is basically more so than what we're trying to say. We're not trying to ruin people's lives and all that other stuff. It's like, I'm not making her say these things. No. No one made you go on a picture of a fit woman and start trashing her. You did that on your own, sitting on your phone in your pizza store. I mean, you did that and you had the ability to delete it, which they almost never do. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's, I think that is the biggest thing because there is no consequence, right? So all these, because everybody, yeah. And everybody's being quiet and now just ignore it and all this. Sure. But I feel like your page is almost like this power that women have, just like you said, that they can at least give you like, look at this motherfucker, what he sent me, you know, it's like, Hey, beautiful, great legs. Where, where you're not going to talk to me? You're a fucking bitch. Fuck your cunt. Like, like, it's like, it's like, <laughs> and it's just, that's what happens. I had somebody yeah. do it to me and I saved the, uh, I saved the message and I don't, I, I, I posted it and it was years ago, I think yeah, like years. And, uh, he called me a transvestite and he called it to me yeah. in Spanish. And that was like, he's like, he said something complimenting. And I said something like, you know, go fuck yourself or something to that nature. Right. And then it's like, well, you're an ugly transvestite. And then For went sure. on to, yes. And then went on to kind of like write all this stuff. And, um, and so I just, I posted it on my main page, right. you know, on Facebook. And I didn't right. really think about anything like, like, this is the kind of shit that insecure men do when they're, right. re- when they're rejected, you know, right. it's like, Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Was I not worried about you? Like, you know, I just right. think it's ridiculous. But, um, so like now knowing like how you started the page and where that was really just kind of like on the whim, you know, it wasn't really like yeah. with a direction. How about now? Do you feel like your page is sort of going somewhere? You're just kind of taking it as it is because you're still not able to access your Instagram, correct? No, 
And within the last 48 hours, we've had some updates on the whole situation. Okay, let's so, break it down. This is November 12th. Let's, let's hear about this. How many weeks How many weeks were you shut down? Uh, about a month. It was like 32 days or something like that, that they banned my IP address and my um, they, they removed my personal Facebook page and my personal uh, Instagram account that was, you know, dogs and shitty squats, basically. I was like, well, it's so weird that they would do that and not with the main page. Yeah, it was really strange. I don't, it's, uh, Facebook acts like they're the FBI that you like, you know, you can't, <laughs> it's so secretive yeah. and you can't talk to anyone, but, um, the, the, the two minute, you know, um, explanation of actually what happened was I posted uh, a guy like I normally do public, public profile, public comments. Um, I don't ever post, you know, I, I post people's like shitty DMS, but we cut their names off when we do that. But anything that's public, um, I'll repost without editing people's stuff out. I mean, you make a public comment with a public page, you're probably going to get a public call out for it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just kind of how I feel about it. So the, um, I had done that with a guy who was being particularly disgusting, um, to a woman, he was calling her, um, they were in bathing suits again, and he was um, making a point to call her genitals. Um, he said that they looked like a busted open, like a roast beef sandwich. And he was making comments about her telling men to stay away from the busted open pussy was actually what he said. Mm-hmm. Uh, just vile, absolutely fucking vile. So we had a long kind of call out with this guy um, who had a public profile with his public employer. He worked for an environmental company, a very professional job out in Washington. Um, I made a, um, um, a post on the Facebook page, which technically exists again as of today or yesterday. Um, I had, you look like a man with a Facebook page too. And I would post Mm. more, you know, sort of involved stuff on there, but, um, I posted that story on there. I don't edit people's names out. These are public comments. These are public bios. Um, And then I woke up, I think I posted it on like a Sunday and then I woke up the next morning and my um, personal Facebook was disabled and my business page was disabled. And then my personal (laughs) Instagram was all disabled. Weirdly enough, the you look like a man Instagram page was untouched. I have no idea. I don't know. It never, it never made it to the main page. These are all just stories. It's another highlight folder. So I don't know if that's, if that mattered or something. Literally, I don't know. Um, but they booted me off of there and then they actually banned my IP address where I couldn't even like, I couldn't access it at all. I couldn't, I couldn't start another like even personal Facebook page. I had a Facebook page for like 12 years or something. Um, and no one knows why. Um, and then I've got a couple of people that work at Facebook under the condition of anonymity. Um, you know, like I said, the FBI, the CIA. Yeah. Who are able to tell because Facebook doesn't tell you why they boot you no, off. Community um, standards. They, this, this, yeah. So you'll get like, a, um, I did get an email that was like, you violated or whatever, and here's how to get your account back or something like that. Um, but the person that works at Facebook was able to tell me that they had, um, um, said that I was instigating revenge porn was what they called it, which actually made me laugh out loud. I know, I guess. I, so what does that like, even look like? I don't know. Like, I know what revenge porn is, but I'm like, oh, gosh, that's not it. <laughs> but apparently that's what they used, I, I guess. And I'm like, these are literal screenshots of public comments. So you're allowed to publicly harass someone, publicly humiliate a woman's genitalia. But if I take a screenshot of your public comment and repost it on my public page, now I'm participating in revenge porn and I get my personal accounts deleted. That's literally what happened, or at least disabled. So... There's a really nice petition and a bunch of other things. Um, I signed we it. We had um, um, MMAfighting.com is actually a media source for MMA fighting, as, as yeah. the name might suggest. <laughs> um, 
and they did a really nice piece on it. There was a, a fighter, a, a woman fighter who was getting really nasty messages and they actually included um, my story in that. So I got a bit of media coverage for the fact that um, Instagram and Facebook were disabling um accounts that were actually calling out bullying. I had had things removed on the Facebook page before, um, basically saying that I'm doing the bullying and harassment. I had a, a post that was a, a girl, um, a young a teenager who was 16, who had done a trap bar deadlift on a TikTok video. And there were, I'm talking thousands of comments bullying the fuck out of her. And all I did was post screenshots of public TikTok comments and Facebook deleted my post and said that I was bullying her. And so I appeal it and I say, you don't understand the context of my post, blah, blah, blah. That got denied almost immediately. So they had removed stuff on my page before that was bullshit. Stuff mm. that was like four months ago. <clears throat> Anyways, this all happened um, uh, over a month ago. And Monday of this week, I guess, yeah, Monday or Tuesday of this week, um, they just magically showed back up. <laughs> oh, my account. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> Even. I don't even know. I don't get yeah, it. How so there's no follow up. through with that. They showed back up and then I did get one random notification from Facebook that they reviewed one of my appeals and that they were sorry they made a mistake and they put one of my posts back up. I'm just like, <laughs> you guys, for a trillion dollar organization, you guys suck. Like, I, can't even. it just shows you that it's not a money problem that, you know, why some of this stuff happens. So one of the posts that they took down from my thing, um, they put back up and they apologized. <laughs> so they were sorry. Um, my Instagram for some reason took longer, but it's back to, so my personal Instagram, which just tells you that when they disable stuff, it doesn't go anywhere. They fucking lie and say that, you know, you can't get that stuff back. And it's like, Oh, it's ridiculous. Of course you can. Yes. But yeah, so it showed back up. So, um, apparently it was some sort of 30 day ban at this point yeah. for sharing public comments of people bullying revenge porn. On Let's get it pages. straight. It's revenge porn. It's revenge porn. <laughs> Exactly. Apparently, I was, you know, uh, threatening to show someone's penis. I don't know. Something. I guess. I guess. I don't even know. It's like I don't even know how I would revenge porn someone, but maybe I should look into it at this point. I, I was like, porn. It's a real problem, though. Revenge porn is an actual thing, you know, used against primarily women. I mean, that's a real problem. It's kind of offensive in some respects to call that revenge porn when revenge porn is an actual issue for many, many people. So that, that is weird. That 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 would be. Like yeah. they don't really review it or there's somebody who's reviewing it who doesn't know what they're talking about. I'm told that Facebook has actual moderators that actually oh. review stuff. There's a, there's a couple articles out there that are kind of interesting about the life of a Facebook moderator because they actually are humans that have to read all of the filth, kind of like me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but I'm, I'm told that Instagram doesn't do that. That Instagram, of course, uh, Facebook owns Instagram now, but um, – I'm told Instagram is like hundred percent automated. Like it's literally, there isn't a person that would ever talk to you about Instagram. I'm told, now I don't know. This seems to change every day, but my accounts um, randomly came back. They put me in timeout for 30 some odd days um, for posting somebody's public comments, humiliating a woman's genitals. And that's kind of where we are. Yeah, I know. It's so, it's so <laughs> crazy. So let me yeah. ask you this. What it, as, as somebody who's probably been doing this for a long time, pretty intensely, I feel like this is like a year long of just yeah. day in, yeah. day out, I'm sure. What, what is, what's some advice that you would give women who are also being bullied? You know, maybe they're getting comments from people they know, people they don't know. Um, yeah. What are, what are sure. some things that you would suggest? 
That it's, it's a great question. Um, I think um, from my perspective, there's a couple of different ways to kind of handle it, and it really depends on the person. I try to make sure that people understand there's no right or wrong way to handle people making your own comments about you. Not everyone is in the same headspace. Not everyone is, has the same um, confidence or you know those types of things, and that's okay. I think earlier on, like in my lifting career, I certainly said something back to the trolls, but I probably internalized that a lot more than I would now because I understand what's happening. Yeah. So I think if someone is making unkind comments, I hate to say it this way, but from a place of love, like your mom is actually afraid that you're going to break your back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There is, if your aunt, you know, Susan really does think that this is bad for you, you understand that she's not trying to be ugly. She actually is concerned about your body. So certainly, you know, educating kind of those people is perfectly fine. And there isn't any reason to immediately jump down people's throats coming from that type of place. Now, there's a big difference between that and people that are being absolutely ugly. And there's two ways to handle the people that are being ugly. And it kind of depends on where you want to be with it. One is you engage with them. um, And the other one is you ignore and you block. It's like you can do either one of the two. The people that I think are absolutely fucking hilarious that engage with them. Um, uh, one of my favorite fitness pages is Kristen Nunn. If you don't know her, she's amazing. Um, she Her page is just Kristen Nunn on, on Instagram. She engages the shit out of these trolls because it works for her engagement. Yeah. So the way uh. Instagram works, give or take, it's, this is not an exact science, but the more engaged a page is, they actually don't care you know, what people are saying. Instagram cares that people are commenting on Kristen's stuff, right? right. So she actually takes the nastiest comments and she pins them at the top and lets everybody like a big old free for all for here you go. You know, all the, na- the nastiest shit you can possibly think of. And she will have thousands and thousands and thousands of comments on every post that she makes. And she very intentionally, she's like, it's great for engagement. Go for it. Here you go. So that's her like, if you're going to troll my posts, I'm going to make you work for me. I'm going to make it actually, you are going to work That's for me. That's a great mental like, space, like she, to be there yeah, she, and be that confident with it. She's super cool. Yeah. yeah. But she, um, but you know, not everybody is in that kind of headspace. And certainly if someone is to the point where they're on your page and they're being abusive, I mean, I'm at a place now where I absolutely, I block the fuck out of people. People think I don't block trolls. I block the shit out of people on my page. I get to a point too, where it's clear that I'm talking to someone that literally has no hope of ever. This is literally, I mean, it's at some point your mental health does matter more than the fun that you're having. So I am even, (laughs) I am even, um, more careful, I think, than people assume is how far I go engaging with people after a while. The the trainer that you talked about earlier um, in Ohio, he is someone that I eventually ended up blocking. He actually took that as a big win in his category, in his, you know, favor, which I thought was pretty funny because I could still see all of this stuff with, you know, I've, I've learned some Gary lessons about how many multiple accounts that (laughs) I need to have to read stuff. I've learned a thing or two, but you know, for other people, I think it doesn't, um, you know, you can certainly, if you want to educate someone on why you arch your back, absolutely. If they start being abusive, um, you need to have a choice. You need to have a limit for how much of that you're really going to put up with. And everybody's is different. Some people have no limit and they fucking love it. And it's just like, whatever. Um, but you know, Christina Lazo is a really great, um, power lifter who gets shit on every single time she ever posts a video ever of her doing anything. And I think at this point, she really does use it for engagement as well. She's just yeah. like, she's, she was a gymnast at one point. Oh, um, you can- so she's very, very flexible, right? Yes. 
So every time she posts, you know, a video of her benching, I, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, we can't post gifts on Instagram. Cause I do the one, you know, where the, you're coming up with the lawn chair, you know, yeah. just taking the seat. So, I mean, but it's kind of like, that's what she uses for engagement on her page because she knows it's going to happen every time. So instead of deleting it or whatever, up to a point of someone, you know, being really, really awful and abusive and they, they do take it too far. You can count on it every time. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it kind of depends on where you are with, with this, how much you want to engage with. There is no shame in blocking people. There's no shame in deleting comments. Um, you are allowed to make your space on the internet, however you want to make your space. And if your space mm. is troll free, um, I made a choice from the very beginning for the look like a man page. I don't allow trolling on my page. You can troll me in my DMs. You can do the rest of that. I'll just use you for content. I mean, it's fine by me. It's like, Hey, great. I need one of these, but if you are a troll and you come to my page on my space. I'm going to block you. There's that, there's no room for discussion. So I don't want my page to ever be a place that's been run over like a couple of really great feminist pages that allow it on their page. It's yeah. just, it's just the comments are the grossest thing you'll ever read in your life. So I don't allow it on my page. Um, but certainly that's something that people have to kind of make a decision for themselves. Yeah. I think that's a good choice. Like uh, that, because they yeah. do, they reach out to you in, in DMS and we, we get the, we get you to get see the those the stories. I know it. So, but <laughs> I, I won't, you know, I won't allow the page people are like, Oh, you're just creating an echo chamber and all this. And it's like, I mean, yeah, I'm creating an echo chamber of people that aren't fucking horrible. So absolutely, that's what I'm actually doing. Yeah. There's one thing, if you want to disagree with a post respectfully, there's room for conversation. But if you come to my post to literally do troll comments, I'm just going to, you're not owed my space. You're not owed, you know, a voice on my page. That's what your own page is for. And God knows there are how many other pages for you if you want to troll. That's perfectly fine. But there need to be some spaces on the internet. And I wish a lot of the major accounts and, um, you know, uh, brands and whatnot would take a harder stance against some of this stuff. A lot of times, no names, uh, rogue fitness. <laughs> a lot of times they use, <laughs> they use athletes. I have a bone to pick with them. Yeah. They, um, you don't say. Yeah. They use athletes to their benefit. So they post, you know, the CrossFit athletes and whatnot, and they, they, they support, um, and post a lot of, a lot of women, which is great. And then they have zero give zero shits about what happens to them in the comments. They yeah. don't care. Yeah. They don't monitor it. They won't delete. They won't ban their Facebook page. Um, is it, it's, it's more than just, you know, making fun of someone's arch or something. I mean, it's the nastiest, just all, and it's mostly around the CrossFit women that they post, but I wish brands like that would take a harder stance against some of the more egregious comments on these pages because they're posting, you know, a picture of Tia Toomey for, um, to sell something, which is fine. And then they don't care about what happens to her in the comments. They can't even delete it. If you, even if you don't want to ban these people from your Facebook page, you could delete these comments. Yeah. You know, don't tell me that Rogue doesn't have enough money for a social media manager who can literally sit on their phone like I do and delete comments. So yeah. I wish some of these people would take more responsibility <clears throat> for the fact that these people get trashed so hard on their pages. And it, it appears that the major brands and companies don't actually care what happens to them once they post their, their pictures. So. I was actually very surprised at Gymshark. Moderate oh yeah, that. I was very so, surprised. Yeah. Gymshark is doing a couple of things now, and a lot of people are calling it performative and everything else. Yeah. And I actually don't give a shit what it is. I actually, I actually, I don't care. I don't care if Gymshark, you know, was the least diverse company in the world for the last eighty years, and then all of a sudden they decided to be diverse. I actually don't care why. Mm. I care that these people are um, representation matters, and that these people are actually being represented now. So Gymshark is posting um, pictures of women that do not fit their typical. Um, 
you know, demographic of what they would normally post. They posted a woman with uh, body hair uh, two days ago and the whole fucking internet collapsed because women aren't supposed to have body hair. How dare you? So I actually, and they're calling it, you know, desperate for whatever. And I'm like, I don't, I actually don't care why they're doing it. I, I, I kind of don't. I mean, maybe it is for attention. It's fucking working. Right. right. And it's, it's working and these women are getting represented. So it's kind of a win for me and yeah. for them. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I wanted to uh, read some of these questions that you got. Yeah. Which were awesome. <clears throat> so I guess talking about your sanity, we have Jay-Z <laughs> Castie. She said, how yeah. do you maintain your sanity from constant attacks and putting yourself out there? Yeah. So, the, um, you know, earlier on, the, I, I, I've come to recognize kind of a place to where um, it becomes unhealthy for me. And it almost is like there's a certain level throughout the day that I kind of will put up with. And then at some point I turn it off myself. I have a really, really great support system, which I think is probably pretty evident by being able to kind of wade in the filth all day long. Um, I have a really great I work. Um, I lifted a, a wonderful gym. I've got wonderful support. You saw my husband a little bit earlier. I've been married for 15 years. He's amazing. So I, I have a really great intact support system. And then I do get to a point where if you ever see my stories kind of fall off for, you know, 12 hours or whatever, that's me turning my phone off and saying, I have to take a break from this. I have to take a break from it. I went and competed this weekend. I used to actually, if you can believe this in the very beginning, um, before the account kind of grew to the size that it was, I felt very personally responsible about responding to like every single DM someone ever sends me ever. And I have kind of accepted the point right now that I, I can't like I it's not personal if you've messaged me three times and you're still in my you know my my um messages I just I, it's not a personal thing I just literally I need a whole office full of people just to respond to dms and I hate it because it, it kind of discourages people from sending me stuff if they never get acknowledged but I'm one person and I <laughs> I just can't read it all so but um mental health kind of breaks from the whole thing and finally kind of having to accept the fact that I need even, you know, a half a day to literally put my phone down and walk my dogs. And I have that joke that I need to stare at puppies and look at rainbows for a while and remember that people people aren't terrible. (laughs) Right. So I don't surround myself with terrible people. You know, I, on my Facebook page, my personal one is people that I actually know and I care about. So, um, having all of these things, you know, I don't, I don't engage with arguing on um, Facebook anymore. I save it kind of my energy for, for kind of things that I care about at this point. But um, the amount of support that I get um, far outweighs the kind of the garbage and the amount of people that I've met through this has, I know, kind of outweighed any of the trash that I have to deal with. But, totally. Totally. Yeah. That's a great answer. So I definitely think that taking a pause and knowing yourself, right. Knowing when you need that yeah, pause is important. And accepting the fact that I can't, I can't, talk to every single person that talks to me. Um, and I've, I felt responsible for that for a long time, just because I feel like doing, you know, important work. Um, and I, we've kind of started calling it athlete activism, um, which is kind of, um, kind of where I feel like it's going. I feel like doing this really important work also comes with a price. And I've had a bunch of people message me things, people that have been kind of an activist world and have said, you know, I'm an activist and I'm involved in, you know, XYZ cause. And I just want you to know that you need to be really careful with how much energy, you know, every single minute that you put into this. And I think um, one woman in particular has really helped me stop feeling responsible for every single tag and every single everything, um, because it was really more of that than anything else that I feel really responsible for responding to every single person that 
that wants to talk to me. I love talking about this. It's not, you know what I'm saying? It's not, and then, you know, people are going to be mad at me if I don't talk to them. It's just like, you have to let some of that go um, when you're at almost 70,000 followers. So it's just, I mean, I can't, I can't respond to every single one of them. I certainly try to, but yeah, Yeah, you do a pretty damn good job when I see all those dots. Like, it right. don't, and it's not just reposting, like you're writing things in there. Yeah. You're, I mean, you're really yeah. engaging. I'm like, whoo, girl. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it can be a lot. So I think for the last couple of days when I went and competed and I'm able to kind of take a break um, and kind of sit off of Instagram, um, I'm still posting stuff on the main page, but taking a break from the stories um, every, every, you know, even just once a week, just a day where I don't do that is just helpful for me. Yeah, so, that's great. Yeah. All right. From Kay Bamberg. Bamberger. I always, when I say these names, they, I say them out loud and I always say I'm like an asshole. Right. Um, how do you keep your blood pressure down? I get so mad just reading. Do you get angry yeah. when you read these I things do. or do you um, kind of like. So the ones that make me angry, the ones that actually make me upset, the guy, the trainer guy made me upset dead ass. The, the one that we were talking about earlier, the yuck guy, he made me angry because he is actively involved with the body, uh, with body image w- with women. Yeah. That's literally what he does. So when I go to somebody's page and I see that they actually are actively involved in the strength community, not only just training, but, uh, you know, helping to, uh, shape someone's identity and some, how someone feels about themselves, knowing that he is that fucking disgusting. Those make me mad. The other <laughs> The only other ones that really make me mad, most of it doesn't make me mad anymore it, because it's redundant. It's like right. there's only so many times you can hear a kitchen joke without actually fucking caring about the kitchen jokes any longer. I mean, they're still annoying, but it's like they don't make me angry. What makes me angry are the children. And by children, I mean kids younger than my son um, who's, uh, you know, a couple of them I actually was able to verify that they were the age that they said they were. I mean, there's, it's not hard to do even for kids, which is kind of scary. Um, but a couple of the kids that <sighs> anger is probably not the right word. It's more this massive sense of disappointments that I have 14 year olds out there that are already conditioned and taught to hate women. Like they're 14 yeah. and they are being taught by, you know, wherever it is they're getting their info for their school, their friends online, their gaming communities, whatever it is that these kids are doing, they're being taught right now to already to hate women, that girls are liars, that we make stuff up, that we hate men, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that type of culture and community to me is just so fucking scary. Yeah. So I see when I, I, I go on here and I see these, these people that are not only hate women, but also giving grown ass women like you and me on, they're telling us what to do. I mean, I find that kind of comical in some yeah. way that, you know, imagine being a 14 year old boy telling a woman in her thirties, you know, what to, what to do with her life yeah. or how to act. But the idea that these kids are so conditioned right now to hate women and to think that being a respectable person to a woman makes you a simp. There's all these stupid yeah. fucking words that they've made up and um, they're all garbage. So it yeah. makes me sound like a boomer or, or you know, like the kids <laughs> say, but it's like, there, there, all these words are just made up for to, to normalize disrespecting women. I mean, right. it's actually what it is. Yep. So I think that part to me, uh, if the blood pressure thing, um, I have to unengage when I see it's a child, um, more or less, because when it becomes pretty clear that this is a kid and I can tell it's a kid pretty easily because they'll make a joke about me being in my thirties. And I'm like, that's how I know you're a child. Yeah. <laughs> that is not old. Yeah. So. And now I sound old saying it that's old. But if you make a joke about me being in my 30s, like yes. you're some old lady, yeah. you're probably 13. Yeah. So I, <laughs> and that's when I know I'm like, okay, yeah. and yeah. delete. Yeah. So, yeah. But those are just sad to me. I can't imagine being a 
13, 14 year old boy and already thinking that, you know, women are um, to be disrespected and are second class citizens. And they absolutely sound that way. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Rusty curls. I got that one. Uh, love, <laughs> love your, love your page. What's your thoughts on females tearing other females down just yeah. like the Jerry's? Yeah. So funny enough, um, there's two types of things that happen there. Um, don't ever underestimate the, uh, the power of jealousy. And I mm-hmm. think that goes for both men and women. What I found more so is that women are, um, as we all, lots of people struggle with being jealous I don't see many women tearing other women down in the same way that the men do it. To me, it's a little bit different. This is, I don't like to speak in absolutes because nothing is an absolute. Right. Um, so don't take it like that. But it's, um, for me, the men are always more um, concerned about um, sexual attractiveness, about you're going to not be feminine anymore. And then you're going to, you know, men, you're going to die alone with your cats and all this other stuff. The women, that tend to do this seem to be coming more from a place of just straight up jealousy, uh, mostly jealous that someone is getting attention. Yeah. So, and I see a lot of guys do this too, but that's been my impression of it. Um, women are just more straight <laughs> garden variety. Um, you're getting attention for something. So I need to tear garden you down. And re- yeah. Right. It's just uh, not very special kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, that's, that's been my impression of that. It's kind of sadder. And I don't, I know people don't necessarily like that, um, expression much, but <laughs> there's something worse about to me about seeing a bunch of women rip other women down because it's like, the guys are already going to do this on that page. Why do you have to add to it? So there's lots of, you know, cultural phrases right now for women that do that called pick me's and that kind of thing. Women mm-hmm. that are like, you know, pick me, um, I do see a lot of that where they they want to be seen as not a feminist because feminism isn't cool. Feminism, you know, makes you, uh, you know, all the memes out there that try to disparage feminism. And so we've got a bunch of jokes about, you know, actively um, participating in your own oppression and all these things. So it's just I think some of the women are, are harder. But um Sometimes I think they just come from a different place to where if you're someone that struggles with your own self-confidence, maybe you need desperately, you need people's approval and mostly male approval. And if you're someone that has struggled with that your whole life, maybe this woman that is jealous of you and is tearing you down is struggling with her own self-approval and believes that having a whole bunch of men, even if they're totally strangers, you know, love her, um, makes her feel better about herself. So it's kind of like realizing that every single person has their own issues going on. And if you are someone, male, female, um, who is hating on someone else's page, you definitely have something going on. You just, <laughs> what yeah. it is, I don't know. But I promise you that you've got some sort of internalized something that you probably need to work on. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I think with women, you know, I occasionally will get those. And I think it falls into that kind of what you talked about before. Is it your aunt who really does think your back's going to hurt? Sure. Maybe they don't say yeah. it that nice way. Or is it some total stranger who just wants to right. say something and is coming from right. a place of jealousy? Yeah, I, I, I think in both approaches, like for myself, I've, I've, learn to try to approach it kind first, you know, and I, I would, if I approach it with right. kindness first, I, I know that it I'll hear more about what's really happening. You know, the, the wow. next step would be, they'd say something like, Oh, okay. I was just wondering, or, or they're just going to uh-huh. continue on to be an asshole. And then that's where I take it, like level right. it up right there. And right. then, you know, um, but yeah, I, I, I think that uh, for me, at least I, I try to approach it like that because I find that, 
then I'll learn more about where they're at. But it is quite sad when I see things like that. Yeah. And at, yeah. At that kind of leads into the the longer question that I had sent you. Um, and I'll try to summarize this this question. Sure. But we did have somebody who um, has a, a gym or she trains in her garage and um, her neighbors come by and Specifically, a woman is that she's sort of got these comments from this woman over and over, um, and she's, they seem to be veiled a little bit um, when she's talking to her, and then she's heard her say things like, um, I don't see why she's so obsessed over weightlifting when she has a man. Like, she smiles and then says these things in that manner as if all we need, <laughs> which is really yeah. weird because then she's yeah. thinking like, oh, you need to weightlift in order to get a man? I don't know. Right. I've never seen that work. Yeah. I, um, or she's never going to lose all the weight, lifting all those weights. Um, and so this person in particular, uh, Kadira, she was, you know, wondering, like, am I being too sensitive about this? How do I approach this? Uh, what would you say? Maybe what's some advice you would give her? Yeah, those types of things are kind of funny. And for me, I've seen, I've been, um, I've gotten, you know, submissions from people that were like, I'm at the gym and kind of an older lady comes by me and she says things like that. She'll say, you know, men aren't going to like you if you have, you know, big arms or whatever. I don't think the men like that, which are always the funniest comments to me. Um, I try to think it sounds like that might be an older neighbor um, yeah. um, that she's referencing. Um, I think the younger generations now are to this point. Um, you know, I had this talk with my mom who went, my mom is 75 and she went with me to uh, my contest this weekend. And so I actually had a couple of these conversations about her mother as well. Mm. Um, and, you know, her mother was born in like 1920s or somewhat. So it's like, you know, a while ago. Yeah. Um, so the the cultural norms for women and what we're supposed to be and look like and all of these things are changing. And they're changing with every, um, you know, generation. Um, not everything that changes is good, but all of these things very specifically. So I try to think that sometimes so it doesn't make it okay to say this to a stranger. But a lot of times um, some of these women, especially the older ones that I see making comments on the page, um, are really coming from a place where they have been ingrained, brainwashed, if you want to use the right word, um, they have been um, told that this is appropriate for women and this is how women act. And so they're confused when they see someone acting outside of the norms for what they were told, you know, growing up, my mom grew up in the fifties and sixties. So time for women in the fifties and sixties was not 2020. That wasn't how it is right now. So she, um, even over a long um, stretch of time has changed her viewpoint on lots of things, you know, things like gay marriage, which was unheard of, you know, in the fifties and sixties, holy fucking shit. And now she would, she supports it. And it's like, so your ideas and things can change over time. But I think with someone coming up to you like that, you've got a couple of choices to make. She's not being sensitive. First of all, yeah. um, that's the first thing that I see that women, um, women is particularly always second, just second guess themselves and say, I'm being too sensitive. Yeah, because we've been conditioned to to feel like we're being sensitive. And when you, if you pay attention to the trolls and the trolling online, especially the absolute first thing that will happen if someone says something shitty to you and you say something back, they'll then call you an emotional triggered snowflake. And that's absolute, that is their gaslighting for saying, um, no, you called me whatever. And I'm saying, fuck off, dude. And somehow that makes me emotional. That's their defense to everything is calling you, you're an emotional woman and you need to calm down and stop being dramatic and stop being so sensitive. You could stop being an asshole and then people wouldn't (laughs) wouldn't have to respond, right? It's the other way around. But it's something to notice and it's something to pay attention to because I have long actually started talking about writing kind of like a field guide for Gary's and Gary Anna's actually is the 
woman's version of that. <laughs> Gariana, but yep. kind of like I can write you like a literal, here's what they're going to say and here's how you're going to respond. And then here are the three responses that you're going to get back. I mean, it's so the woman coming by though, in her garage, you've got a couple of choices for that. You know, you can either say, you can explain it to her or you can say, you know, this is, <laughs> It's not 1953, and here's how <laughs> women today are. Um, you can also tell her that these types of comments aren't appropriate, and you might be surprised how many times um, people, um, how aback people are taken when someone actually comes up to you and they say, uh, yeah, that's not appropriate to be saying to me, like up in your face. Um, that type of actual confidence that it takes to literally just say that to someone, you might be completely shocked that no one's ever said that to your face before. So mm -hmm. a lot of times, you know, when you're trolling, I say, if you don't want to engage with these people, even just going on there and saying, that comment is not appropriate, at least is some sort of combat, you know, to the fact that these things are happening. Yeah. So they're not being sensitive and you're not being, you know, over dramatic and all that stuff. And I really, really hate the fact that people second guess themselves like that. And they yeah. want to know, you know, is it really mean? Is it really me doing this? And it, you know, you're born with a gut for a reason, these feelings that you have, yeah. you know, there's a great book earlier on, I was um, highlighting a bunch of stories about women being harassed in kind of everyday settings. And there's a great book out there that's called the gift of fear. And it kind of goes into um, trusting your gut and your kind of gut reaction to a lot of these things is usually what's happening. So it kind of is, goes along with those same things. If, you know, you someone says something to you and if you kind of confirm that that's kind of what they meant and there's not a misunderstanding, I mean, your gut reaction is almost always the correct one that yeah. that's no, she's saying that to be shitty to you. Um, but if that woman kind of grew up in a time in history where male approval was the absolute top tier of what women could be, um, and that wasn't that long ago, that that's really what your goal was in life was to, my mom actually said that she went to college um, to find a husband, and that's why she went to college. And in her brain at that time in the 50s, um, totally that's kind of, yeah, totally normal. So that's what she kind of um she wasn't embarrassed about that. She just said, that's just how it was that I went to college. And then she's had a long, long professional career um, since then, high powered um, CEO type jobs. But that time in history, when she grew up, male approval was actually what mattered the most um, to lots and lots of people. So I think there's some holdovers kind of from that, um, even talking to people and saying, you know, you know, when people comment on some of these things and they're like, you know, what will the men think? And they're being totally serious. It's yeah. like, I, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, it's just baffling to some of us that we're like, that's literally never once occurred to me to even ask that question. So a lot of people just are coming from generationally a much different space. And I think that's kind of hard to remember. Um, it doesn't give you any right to be abusive to someone or ugly in any way. But um, generationally speaking, I think sometimes, especially the older women that approach people in the gym and stuff, that's just, the, it's been their life experience. So that's what people are supposed to care about. Totally. And and that might be a teaching moment for her, right? Like sure. so that might be that sure. moment where she can calm her tits. Let's like, okay, just right. don't want to jump on her, but maybe she will right. be open to having conversation. Hey, maybe you want to try to lift a weight. Right. You want to see how right. this feels. So it's not so foreign to her and doesn't seem so out there, but it's, you know, it's so funny that you say that because, you know, my mom is 70 and when she was going, she was always like a brainiac and yeah. going through high school, she had a full ride to Columbia university. She was engaged, right? She was 16 or 17. She was engaged. And my, my grandmother, who was like total rebellious, like awesome woman was very, very conservative in that sense. And she was like, you're not going to college. Like right. you're going to get married. Like you're, married, you're engaged. Right. She's like, no, I'm not. And her fiance felt the same way. And right. he was like, well, no wife of mine's going to go to college. Like, yeah, you got accepted, but come on. You're not actually going. Yeah. Right. And so she was like, you know, 
Here you go. And my grandma (laughs) lost it. And my dad and my grandpa was like, good job, you know? And, you know, years later, she's coupled master's degrees and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's definitely something that I think if I told my grandma now, she wouldn't even like think about it. Like it wouldn't even be the same conversation. So she's learned over the years. She's been taught, right? So she's been able to look at things differently. And she went to my bodybuilding show years ago and I, everybody was worried like, oh, what is she going to say? Like, is she going to be like, is it going to be too much for her? Everybody's going to be in like pretty much naked. And she was just like, ooh, like (laughs) this little Puerto Rican woman just like, you look good. But maybe 20 years ago, that wouldn't have happened, you know? And that's that's a great point is that I think people can learn things over time. You know, it's like, this isn't about um, people being perfect. And it's like, it's right. people are like, well, it's just one comment or one, whatever. This isn't about never saying anything inappropriate. This isn't even about kind of how you feel about stuff right now. This is about basically being open to learn other things from other people. Yeah. Just like I mentioned, my mother back in you know, 1963 may not have supported gay marriage, but she does now. Right. It's been a long process of understanding things that were, you know, actually ingrained into her brain earlier on from her, you know, and everybody learns from their surroundings and, you know, all, what you, the information that you have at the time, you know, we think the internet hasn't even been around that long. Yeah. The internet was not even around it at that time. So you cannot possibly imagine culturally how different things were. So I think there are a lot of people, it's one thing if, you know, you want to, you want to not understand it, but it's like, if you want to learn, we're here to teach you, but it's never okay to be abusive or to, to be harassing or to be belittling and no, no point in time is it ever okay to walk up to someone and be like, you're fat and ugly. I mean, that's literally what they're doing, right? It's literally what you're doing in just a different way. So if you won't go up to someone and say that to them to their face, which has never been socially acceptable ever in any, any context, has that ever been acceptable? Somehow right now it's acceptable to go on a picture of me on my page and say that quote unquote to my face. So that's the part to me that's just baffling. I'm like, this behavior has never been okay. Yeah. You've just made it okay by saying it's my fault that I have a reaction to it, or it's my fault that I want to say something to the neighbor who's being inappropriate to me. It's not my fault. It's your fault. It's your fault for doing it in the first place. Yeah. I think it's amazing that they're, <clears throat> was it in Canada that they're now prosecuting for people sending dick pics? Yeah. Uh, Finland actually, uh, Finland. And there's a couple of places in Europe that they're going to try to start at, at least, um, prosecuting those as digital sexual harassment, basically. Right now, it's not illegal. Um, Texas claims that it is, but it's like a $500 fine or something like that. Unsolicited pictures of genitalia is not illegal. If you walk up to me and you show me your genitals, that's considered indecent exposure, et cetera, et cetera. But you can take a picture of your genitals and send them to my phone, and that's perfectly fine. Or you can send any level of pornography or um, masturbation videos. Um, People get pictures videos of them in all states of arousal, et cetera, et cetera. Um, kind of the grossest stuff you can think of completely mm-hmm. unsolicited and unwarranted. And none of that is illegal. So the internet right now for, um, especially for women and girls is a pretty vile kind of gross place for everything there is. That's good about it. It has, you know, these corners and these sections that people deal with and kids deal with. And um, I've got a recent thing that's going on right now that I haven't been able to actually post about where um, a girl, who is a, um, who is a a minor is having pictures of her biceps. She's fully clothed, but she's having pictures of her biceps um, uploaded to fetish sites right now. Um, She's underage, um, but they don't have a problem with it. It's, it's a, it's a paper, a pay-per-view fetish site. Um, But she found her picture on basically a fetish site for women with muscles and she's a teenager um, and she can't get it off of there because technically it's not pornography. So it's not child porn. It's just a picture of her flexing. So it's just, Ugh. there's just so many, which I, you know, 
your kinks are fine, but those are non-consensual kinks. She did not, yes. you know, consent to having her picture uploaded to a, a kink site, basically. So there's Ugh. a lot of areas. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of areas. And she was pretty bothered when she found it. I've, um, so I've been talking to a couple of women I know that actually work kind of in that industry. And the people that kind of work in that industry are also, you know, kind of just disgusted by using people's images non-consensually. It's just ne- never okay. But there's all these sections of the internet that people don't know about and don't necessarily want to hear about. So we always talk about protecting the children and, you know, uh, anti-bullying campaigns. And then when accounts like mine actually show it to people, then we get shut down. And <laughs> it's just, our, our, I mean, do we actually care? Or all, is this just lip service? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. So, I mean, maybe it's both, but um, there are sections of the internet, especially for young people um, that is fucking terrifying. So, yeah. 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 I mean, my, my husband and I talk about that. We have three girls. Yeah. And we are, you know, we're very, I am very upfront. And luckily my brothers, I had two older brothers. They were very upfront with me about, you know, what young boys might be thinking or, sure. you know, troublesome ones. And as they would point out, boys like themselves, uh, they were yeah. like, don't date guys like us, Heidi. Okay. Right. This is what guys like us. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm 11. Yeah. And you're, you know, like they were so much right. older than me. I had, didn't really have that perspective, but um yeah, I worry, you know, we, you know, just having a cell phone and, yeah. you know, just that kind of yeah. thing. It's just, it's just worrisome for me. And, um, I'm hoping that pages like yours, there'll be more that are like right. yours and more people, more young right. people that see it, because I don't think that there is an age, as long as they can process it. Like, I feel like my kids are at an age where they can process it um, right. and understand, you know, I'm, right. I had to, I had to tell my daughter what rape was the other day. Sure. She didn't, she didn't. And I never sure. thought about it. Like, Sure. Yeah, they're not going to talk about that in your sixth grade yeah. class. You know, it's like that's not something that they talk about. No, so I, I don't even know if they're doing like internet safety classes exactly for kids that age. I don't know. Um, I know my son didn't ever have anything like that. He, I had to explain to him like you had to explain to your daughter. I, do, <laughs> I had to explain to him. He had somebody messaging him on Facebook, you know, wanting him to send him money in you know some country or whatever. And I was like, no, sweetie, that's a scam. Like you know, <laughs> I actually had to explain that. So it's kind of like until someone yeah. actually explains some of that stuff to you. So. Um, Wayne Brady is a American comedian who recently went on, um, he, his, he blasted that full. Yeah. He's hilarious. His underage daughter was getting some sort of really nasty, creepy messages. And then he went on there to talk about how Instagram needs to have more control, which is fabulous. But at the same time, we're like, we've been screaming about this forever. Like, why, why are you acting like this is new? Because Wayne Brady cares about it, which is great. Bring more attention to the cause. But like women and girls have been screaming about this. There's a really great site. If people want to look some of this stuff up, it's called I'm free to be online. Um, And I believe it was started in Australia, but it's a campaign basically to make the internet safe for women and girls. And um, I want to start getting the page more involved with some of these um, others. I feel like um, if we could start getting some of these um, major initiatives together with everyone kind of on the same page, rather than trying to create a bunch of new stuff, um, having a bigger voice all kind of together is kind of where I hope the page can kind of take people to go. Um, There's a a bunch of great campaigns um, against street harassment also um, that that have been born out of New York and literally walking down the street in places in New York, you'll have just be cat called the absolute fuck out of it. How scary that is for people. So these, all these things are all kind of connected um, in some ways. This was never kind of the purpose of the page. It was kind of just to make fun of dumb things that people say to people in athletics. And we're still going to hold true to, you know, the humor of some of that um, because some of it is, fucking funny. Uh, some of it's gross, but I really feel like these, um, other major initiatives of, um, the safety of women and girls online and and especially things like the cat calling and stuff that we've kind of gone into. I think all of these are kind of connected, um, in a bigger sense that even I didn't really understand this was, um, 
as much of a problem as it was. I was, I, I was completely ignorant about some of it um, until we really started talking about it. And then now it's become something a whole lot bigger, I think, than what I had ever, you know, ever imagined it being. It was supposed to be kind of fun and cutesy and whatever else it still is. Um, but I feel like, you know, there's a responsibility now to actually try to have some meaningful change, um, which is where I hope that it goes. So, yeah, I, that's yeah. it's how I felt about my podcast. Like, really, it yeah, was designed just sure. to interview women who are in strength and powerlifting and, right. um, you know, how did they get to where they are? And little did right. I know that so many women had very troubled stories to where they are. Yeah. And then yeah. it became this door of speaking about domestic violence, speaking about abuse, speaking about so many things. And right. then I felt like, well, I can't stop now. You know what right. I mean? Like this yeah, is, this is, yeah. this is the truth. Yeah. This is what is, what is happening is the truth. And I have to be able to show what that is and, and right. hopefully be able to speak with women and get their stories out in a way that appeals to other people, you know, and they can right. understand it and relate. Um, I'm excited for that to happen. Thank you. Whatever yeah. is going to happen, I'm excited Whatever's for. Whatever's going to happen, yeah. right? Yeah, I've been speaking to um, Courtney Olson with Girl Clothing a lot. She's um, their their mission and their brand and all of those things. I feel like if we get all of these things kind of together, um, she's got a lot of great ideas for different things um, that we're kind of working on. Safe spaces for women. She's got a really cool idea and a, a, um, a program actually for a women's app, like on your uh, on your phone. That's literally a women's strength app that is basically heavily monitored for um, the type of stuff that we're talking about right now. So if you're, you know, if you're a 12 year old and you're interested in strength sports, that there's a safe place for you to go and learn about them from other people, not necessarily, you know, Facebook or Instagram or some of these places. So there's things like that, that I think that we have to start doing. We can't sit around and wait for Instagram or Facebook to get their shit together because they're not going to get their shit together because this shit, you know, earns them money. Yeah. So if people haven't watched the social dilemma, it's been out for a little while on Netflix. It's a really great movie. You don't even have to you just watch the first 20 minutes and you'll understand what it's about. Um, the fact that these apps like this are because they are monetarily driven. Um, they won't ever do anything to curb any of this shit that will cost them even two cents. They won't do it. So we have to start taking into consider into our own hands. I think some of these things, which is leads me back around to talking earlier about public call outs and social consequences for actually acting this way, they're not going to do it. So if we want to start changing this stuff, actually proving the fact that, you know, these things that your words matter and they matter to people, everybody cares about bullying and anti-bullying campaigns until you actually want the bullies to have some sort of consequence for it. Yeah. And then it's don't ruin someone's life or someone's personal training career or all this other shit. And it's like, well, I'm sorry, without consequence, that's how humans are. Yeah. That's why jail is a thing. Now the effectiveness of that can be argued, but that's why we have consequences for things. It's literally what it's for, right? Yeah. To actually give you a consequence for bad behavior to hope to deter your behavior in the future. But I really feel like these things um, all kind of coming together, um, having to not sit around and wait for Instagram because a lot of times people have asked me kind of what I want it to do. I don't know. Um, I'm not a tech person. Um, I don't want to do campaigns and sign petitions and that sort of a thing when we can't ask for something. Um, I, I like the idea of it being an awareness page, but for me, it's kind of like now that we're aware, what do we do with awareness? I mean, yeah. what awareness is fabulous, but it's okay. I mean, we, people weren't not aware that people get bullied online, but for some reason, I guess my page is the first one to actually show it to you and all of this disgusting raw glory. Yep. And I think that's why people have actually kind of gone to it where they're like, you can, you can say that you're anti-bully, but do you actually fucking know what that means? Do you know what it looks like? Do you know what it feels like? Do you know what that means? So I think that um, 
being able awareness to actually show that this is the type of stuff that people get every single day has been important. Um, and a lot of people are like, I have to take a break from your page. And I'm like, you can just mute me. Just <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to unfollow. Uh, Instagram has, has a mute button that you can come to me when you want me and they won't put me in your face, which is great. So you can still show your support by following, but you don't have to see it every day. It is too much for a lot of people, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but you know, awareness is great, but what does that actually mean? What do we want Instagram to do? What do we actually want them to do? You know, they banned my IP address and they told me they couldn't do that. Clearly they can. Yeah. So (laughs) somebody told me they couldn't ban IP addresses and I'm like, (laughs) so (laughs) you were wrong. So again, just like the FBI, you know, CIA, um, all of that's a lie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Somebody that makes, you know, $11 billion a year and just Instagram can certainly figure out something else. But I don't know that we can sit around and kind of wait for them to fix it. Um, so I think kind of getting together with these other um, large campaigns that are basically all in the same arena of what I'm doing is kind of where it needs to go. Um, the bigger our voice is together, um, the bigger the change can be. Yeah, I definitely feel like the biggest takeaway I get from your page is, at least for me, is not being quiet. Right. At least for me, because sometimes I think we all kind of, and that's not for everybody. Some people, like you said, you know, like you maybe just blocking and just turning away and that's it. You know, you're, but for me, I I feel like I'm in a spot where I can't be quiet anymore. Sure. If I chose to um, be. That's kind of my point. And like you said, it's not for everyone. I've, I've got a lot of messages from people that have said that my page has given them the, 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 the ability to really speak up for not only themselves, but for other people. I say, You know, you go on ESPN's um, Instagram page and you see a uh, any post that features a woman of any kind, especially a basketball player. God forbid women play basketball, you know, Um, you go on there and you're going to see 3000 negative comments about a woman on ESPN being featured. And if you're a young girl that wants to get into basketball and you're on the Internet and you go and you see that and you see not a single person sticking up for her. Zero. I mean, no people. What message is that? Yeah. That message is not only are you going to be harassed the fuck out of, not only do you not belong in sports, but no one's going to defend you either. No one's going to stick up for you. No one's going to help you and no one's going to defend you. That is the message. When you see that with absolutely no kickback to me, that's yeah. how I see it. And that's how yeah. I, I remember being defended. I remember when people said nasty things to me. I remember, especially early on, people came, uh, my gym owner, the very first guy that called me a trans gendered creature that guy came onto my page and he said something to him it was you know something along the lines of shut the fuck up but somebody actually came to my defense and you say well you should need that you should be not everybody's in the same headspace so a lot of people have said even when i repost you know their comments on my stories to have 10 people that are following my stories come to their page and tell this person to get fucked means something to them it means something to have people defending you and it should people deserve to be defended people deserve you're just existing on your page you didn't do anything to anyone you're on your own goddamn page you know so having someone that will show up and actually defend you um the whole white knighting bullshit you should be fucking white knighting if we want to call it that we shouldn't have to do that for people but you're the one that created the situation to begin with right so don't get mad that i send people to come in and defend her because she should be defended you should that's an honorable thing to do yep. i mean it is it's a human thing to do it's an honorable thing to do to stick up for others at some point in time we decided that it was not honorable to defend people. I, I mean, when did that happen exactly? You know, so people make fun of me being, they call me a white knight and a simp and all this other stuff. I guess they don't understand that I'm a woman. I mean, I know I kind of sound like a man, but, um, They, they, they try to make fun of me that I stick up for people. And it's like, at what point in time did we teach you that it was not an honorable thing to stick up for others that are being attacked 
you know, for no reason. When did that happen? So these are all kind of really strange online things that when I break it down for people and I say, you know, even a comment, you don't have to engage with the filth of the world, but one single comment that says, you know, that's not okay. That's really rude. Why are you being a jerk? You know, that means something for the athletes. I've had major athletes who I've never interacted with before actually message my page and say, thank you for doing that. Thank you for actually going on my page and, and, you know, um, combating this and posting them in your stories, which, you know, inevitably sent 30 other people here because they're, I don't, I've got lots of really great pit bulls. I love yeah, to do I this love stuff. it. <laughs> I know they do. Yeah. And they follow my stories looking for like, tell me where to go. Yeah. Tell me where to go. Yeah. Which is amazing. So sometimes when my stories are like lacking, like today, cause I've been busy, they're like, I don't know where to go. Where do I go? So I know. So, I mean, it, it means something to a lot of these people to have, you know, someone actually sticking up for you. That isn't you. And it shows something to other people that says that these kind of comments aren't going to be tolerated yeah. any longer. So Oh, wonderful. All right. Yeah. I know you got to go before I, I let you go. For a really long time. Well, I love that. Really I love like, that. Oh my God. Okay. Well, I and would I'm- like to regroup again, maybe in six months and talk to sure. you a little bit see about, we we'll exactly. see, we'll see. And yeah. maybe you'll be in jail again. Right. <laughs> Who knows? This is a question I ask all of the people that I interview. What the hell is wrong with you people? <laughs> What the hell was I thinking? Where you right. think back to a time of something you did, maybe in, you know, strongman or maybe just in general where you're like, what the fuck was I thinking doing oh my that? God. That is such a loaded question. It's literally about anything. What the fuck was I thinking? Anything. Okay. So um, this is a long story, but I'll put it down in like three minutes. I, I used to be, uh, I was in the military. Um, I joined the army right out of high school. I was 17. I wanted to leave home and see the world, right? This is my funny story about the army. Um, Sound like many other soldiers. I know, right? They had a really great ad campaign. And I was like, wow, sign me up for that. Yeah, the recruiter was great. Oh, sure. They were very effective. Anyways, I was 17 and I wanted to leave home and see the world, blah, blah, blah. I live in Indiana. They sent me to Fort Knox, Kentucky, which is two hours from my house. All my friends went to Germany and Japan and like, yeah. And I went to Fort Knox, Kentucky, which I, I shit you not, like two hours from my house. And my mom was like, that's fabulous. I can visit you every weekend. And I was like, oh my fucking <laughs> All right. So yeah. So anyways, that's my funny story about the army. But what the hell was I thinking um, in basic training? This is not going to be completely accurate because my brain has thought about too many other things. Um we were all lined up and somebody was missing some laundry because it was mine and it like fell off of a fucking back of a truck or some bullshit. And I knew that it had fallen off of the truck, but I was really, really uh, nervous uh, at the time that they couldn't find the specific laundry bag. And I will never forget the absolute fucking embarrassment of this particular moment in basic training, which has been like 20 some fucking years ago at this point. Anyways, we were all lined up and they knew it was somebody like in our bay that was missing this fucking laundry bag. And they called off like one name after another name after. And I knew good and full well, they weren't going to call my goddamn name. Like I knew it was going to be me. And I just stood there the entire time well, they called out like 30 names looking for this missing fucking laundry bag. And sure as shit, it was me at the very fucking end of it. And that was, I think, the absolute most embarrassing moment of my entire life. 17 years old, being screamed at, knowing full fucking well that the mass level of embarrassment was about to happen to me. And I could have prevented the whole thing by just admitting it was me. Yeah. But I was far in the lie at that yeah. point. You know, you're like, like, I'm just 
too far gone. <laughs> no, I just have to sit here because I already told him I didn't know it was me. So that was like hands down, I think, like the most like that has stayed with me like my entire yes. life. Right? I hadn't prepared for this question at all, and that's literally what came up out of yes. my brain with the time I had. Those to are the best. There. They are. That's like literally that like actually affected me like this entire time. It was horrible. <laughs> but yeah. My experience with the military was actually Fort Knox, Kentucky, which is absolutely fucking hilarious. I mean, it's just like Germany and Japan and like actually all over the country. And I had a friend that went to Alaska and I was like. Only Fort Knox? You didn't go anywhere else? Yeah. Well, I called my mom actually when I told her that I was going to Fort Knox and she was just thrilled. I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. (laughs) now. So it ended up being okay. I met my husband there. Oh um, yeah. There you go. So, yeah. So we've, you know, long story short. Yeah. We've been together ever since Fort Knox. So without Fort Knox, I wouldn't have met my husband. If he yeah. ever listens to this, which is very unlikely. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> He's like, I love you. I support you. I just don't listen to no, your I podcast. Don't, I don't need to listen to you talk. For an hour and a half. <laughs> I have to listen to it every day. So I'm yes. like, the likelihood of you hearing this is about zero, which is funny when all these people tell me about, you know, you getting a man and I'm some bitter old cat lady. I'm like, well, I've been married 15 years. Yes. So I mean, right? I have 15 years with a child and two dogs. Like, <laughs> I'll be sure to let my husband know that I'm never going to catch a man with my bitter feminism account. You know? <laughs> so I husband think that's hilarious. He thinks all of that's just absolutely fucking hilarious. Yeah. Well, it is kind of. So This has been amazing, Jessica. Thank you so much for taking this time and, and answering these questions. And I know so many people were excited about this. So this will probably uh, be coming out this week. So I will, I'll add you to that and I'll, I'll get it out there. But thanks again. <laughs> I appreciate it. I'm um, using your platform to kind of let other people's voices be heard is, is very important. So um, it's a cool, cool thing that you're doing.